You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have Nicole Jansen here today. So Nicole is a business breakthrough coach, and she's also a podcast host herself. So we are going to talk all about the ups and downs of business, what she's been through, and how to break through all of that, even when you feel really shitty. So, welcome, Nicole. Thank you, Melody. Appreciate the introduction. I definitely know what it feels like to be the ups and the downs of feeling awesome and also feeling shitty. (laughs) (laughs) So, tell everybody who may not be familiar with you who you are and what you do. Sure. So, I am a uh, business coach. And uh, I've been in business a number of years, actually 30 years. I've been in business, uh, owned multiple different businesses. Um, uh, I started my coaching practice in 2005, working with entrepreneurs and business leaders, helping them to grow their business. Actually, it kind of started off as um, teaching disc personality workshops and teaching people how to understand themselves and others better so they could build better relationships and more effective teams. But when I was going into companies and working with them and their teams, I started to realize that there were some other gaps that were holding them back from getting the results they wanted. And that's where uh, strategy and systems came into play. And and I expanded my practice to be able to support them in those areas so that we could get the results that they ultimately want. I also have a podcast uh, called The Leaders of Transformation, as you mentioned, and I've interviewed over 200, I think we're at 215 wow. uh, amazing individuals from different parts of the world. That's been super fun. And uh, building a community around that. My, my passion there is to connect the difference makers and the world changers so we can have a greater impact uh, together. Awesome. Well, you, she has a million titles, guys. I feel like she has so much knowledge to impart to all of us. So what did it look like to start your own business and how did you kind of, I mean, you said that it came from doing trainings, but what kind of gave you the courage to just say, all right, I'm just going to go out on my own and do this? Well, I actually started out in business, as I said, 30 years ago. My parents were entrepreneurs. My dad owned garage businesses, uh, franchises, and my mom worked in the in the business with him. And then they actually got involved in direct sales, direct, um, multi-level marketing. And so um, I had this unique experience as a young person being part of their business, supporting them in that business. Even as I was 12, 13 years old, I was, I was doing a lot of the back-end ordering, um, compiling orders and all that kind of stuff. So when I started my business at 16, I didn't think anything of it that it was unusual because it was just the world that I grew up in. And I knew I always wanted to be in business for myself. I didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. I just knew I wanted to be in business for myself and that that was the lifestyle that I was uh, choosing. I also have a passion for law. And so when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I also uh, did a project where I was working with 
a group of lawyers. I'm from Canada, so that was back in Toronto. And that was super fun. Love doing that. But I always had a business uh, on the side. But even that, that was a really great uh, opportunity for me to experience academia and, the, and, and a very bureaucratic system, which is very different than the entrepreneurial world that I was used to. And so it, it gave me a, a very good broad spectrum in terms of what people experience, what they go through. And so as I coach leaders, executives, and of course, uh, entrepreneurs, I know those, you know, that, that world well, I, I understand where they're coming from and can, can and support them in being the entrepreneur and or the intrapreneur, uh, a successful entrepreneur as well. So why did I, why did I start my business? I, as I said, it's just more the freedom and wanting to do what I love and having the uh, flexibility to pivot when I, when I um, wanted to do something different. Whereas when you work for someone else, you're kind of stuck to like what the role is or, you know, maybe getting a promotion and, and moving up and, but you're, you're always, you're kind of waiting for somebody else to give you that permission. And, and, um, and so I just, I just always, you know, have been very entrepreneurial in my, uh, in my heart and uh, actually working for uh, working with the lawyers. I was officially an, uh, an employee working with them. And uh, it got to the point where I felt like I was on this learning curve and I was learning, learning, learning. And then it started to numb my brain. And I started going down the other side in terms of um, it being stimulating because I used to say to them, the greater part of the compensation is what I'm learning and the fact that I'm enjoying being in this space and learning from these amazing people. And so when uh, I kind of maxed out and what I was able to do without a law degree, then it, um, I got bored. Yeah. And this, this actually uh, reminds me of um, Paul Zane Pilzer. He's, a, uh, he's an economist. He's, he's many things. He owns a lot of businesses. He's been an advisor to two uh, administrations and very smart guy. Wrote a book called Unlimited Wealth as, as well as a number of other books. And he had this, he was the youngest vice president of Citibank at the age of 26. And somebody asked him and said, how did you do that? And he said, you know, every time I got into a role where I, most people get into a role and they're like, oh, their goal is to get to the point where they have figured it out and they know how to do what they do and they can do kind of do it on automatic. And it's like, okay, great. I'm, I'm at that point. This is a good place to be. At that point, actually for him is where he would move on to the next thing. He's like, I've learned, you know, I've, I've, I've hit that peak of the learning curve. And now it's time to move on. And he kept doing that every single time. And that's how he moved forward so much faster. And, and I've kind of adapted that as well as saying, okay, like, what's next? How can we learn? How can we grow? How can we move forward? And, and um, business, and we're talking on your podcast, this is the biz babes uh, with soul. So it's, it's like, what can you do that really feeds your soul? What, 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 what can you do? I think that business gives us the opportunity to thrive and to grow like nothing else. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's, I feel like I have so much to say on this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because I think, you know, back to what you were saying about working for someone else, it's different working for yourself. It's a double-edged sword, right? Like, you can get bored working for someone else. You can feel stilted, but you're also your own worst self-critic when you work for yourself. You have to live up to your expectations. You have to make changes when you're bored. It's 
it's both good and bad, but for those of us who crave the entrepreneurial spirit, we love it and we keep going through obstacles, but not everybody has that. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I, I always, with my clients, I, I listen to the listening and, and to language. And it's so true. You know what? Entrepreneurs have this, especially if you're coming from an employee base, uh, the, the entre- what I call the employee time system to the entrepreneurial time system. It's totally different, different mindset completely. And, and um, this, this idea of having to, uh, you brought it up. I, I did a little video on uh, at Facebook ones talking about turn your obligations into opportunities. Oftentimes, yeah, when you're working for someone else, you are having to do certain things. They tell you to do it, you do it. That's what you get paid to do. Um, when you're an entrepreneur, you get to, and I believe that actually in any space, even in any arena, especially if, even if you're working with someone else or whatever, you, you we get to do these things. We, it's our choice, right? Nobody's making us, nobody's putting a gun to our head and saying we have to do these things. And the reason why I say that is because when there's a shift that happens when we start thinking about it as we get to, we get to learn, we get to discover new things, we get to go out and prospect, we get to learn how to market and understand social media and how to build a team and deal with compliance and regulations and whatever based on our industry. We get to do those things. Those are opportunities versus obligations. And it changes the mindset. I had a client once who was a general contractor and he was working his behind off. I mean, 105 hours a week, working, working, working. And, and he said, I have to be successful. And I said, no, you don't. And he says, I have to, what are you talking about? I got a wife, I got a son. I have to be successful. I said, no, you don't. I said, every day downtown and that's in Toronto, downtown Toronto, you see people that are on the side of the road, like, you know, they're homeless Mm -hmm. that have chosen and that prove that you can choose whatever you want. They've chosen not to be quote unquote successful. They've chosen. And I know, don't get me wrong. There's, I've actually had conversations with people on the street and I know that there's a lot of different stories and reasons how people get there. So that's, there's no judgment around that. I'm just saying is that there are people out there in the world that have, that, that, that prove that you can choose to be anywhere and do anything. And so in this case, what I said to him, is I said, you get to be successful. You choose to be successful. And when you approach your day, like I'm choosing this, you put yourself in the driver's seat, you put yourself in control of your life rather than being at the mercy of what the outside world is trying to enforce on you. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, what you choose really directs your mindset. I know when I've made the choice to invest in a coach or I've made the choice to pivot my business, it totally changes how I show up every day. And there's something to be said for that fear a little bit, having a little bit of fear in your day-to-day, that creativeness, that fear that gets into you really helps propel you in a new way because you're not just stuck on autopilot like you are with a normal nine-to-five job. Oh, absolutely. The highs and lows. I mean, you know, it's like you talk about fear. I think, I think fear can debilitate us. It can also fuel us. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of fear or excitement, another uh, one of my coaches, mentors early on said to me, um, I was really nervous 
speaking in front of audiences. In fact, the first time I got up in front of a small group of people to talk, I forgot my name. And (laughs) I was like, wow, okay, who am I? Like total blank. And, um, but they said to me, they said, when you stand up on a stage or you speak in front of an audience, um, the only difference between fear or nervousness and excitement is a smile. And I I thought about that. That is so true. So I'm just going to smile when I'm nervous and they're going to think I'm excited and hopefully not pay attention to the knocking knees. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, there is a certain amount of fear and there's a risk in being an entrepreneur. Of course, there's a risk in anything. There's a risk in working at a job that one day that you walk in one day and they, they give you a pink slip and say, thank you for your time and we don't need you anymore. There's that risk as well. So I guess it's the way we look at it. But there's ups and downs in businesses. Oh my gosh. I mean, I've certainly experienced, like we were joking about in the beginning, I've experienced the highs, the lows, you know, and, and not only in business, but I know when we were talking previously to this is, you know, we were talking about the fact that life happens, you know, things happen and we get to deal with those things. And uh, one of my other mentors said that sales and being in business is the greatest personal development course on the planet. All of your stuff comes up and you can't hide from it. On that note, what has that looked like for you? What kind of shit have you had to deal with in the midst of growing your successful business? How have the two life and business things converged a little bit? Yes, they've converged a number of times (laughs) over my career. Back in the day when um, I helped my parents actually end up partnering with them and helping them build that network marketing business to the extent that my dad actually sold the other businesses. He had about three other businesses. He sold those and we went full on into network marketing. Through a series of events, the proverbial, like the poop hit the fan, you know, relationships got severed. We had some some really wonky um, dynamics with some people that we were in business with. In the process of that, so there, so that was that was uh, my first taste, uh, if you will, with relationships coming into a business where uh, they 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 cause friction. And so it really comes down to keeping the main thing the main thing. And and so we had to keep focused on what we were doing. And even after that, when I looked at my you know what was I going to be doing next after that, because I did decide to step away from that and, and do other things. Is to is to keep them keep in saying okay what is my mission what am I what am I focused on what is my overall life purpose and how can I live that out and not get attached to any one particular quote unquote vehicle for doing that but more recently what we were talking about (laughs) was the fact that um, over the last ten years and especially the last few years uh, it's been a bit of a wild ride I got married fell in love. And, and then he subsequently went on this, I'll call it a midlife crisis, if you will. (laughs) And that created a lot of drama as a coach working with people through their challenges and being a business coach, but also working on the mindset piece, the life coach coaching side of it, because we're a holistic being, you can't separate the two, in my opinion. You know, um, when people come to me and say, I'm having challenges in my business, we look at their business, but I'm also listening for and paying attention to what is going on, what's not being said that's going on in the personal life. Because if their health is not in order or their relationships are, you know, having, you're having challenges on the relational side, 
it's going to affect their effectiveness in their business. It's going to affect their ability to have vision for their business. And I experienced that firsthand. There was actually a, a point where I felt like a fraud because here I am helping people deal with this and I'm dealing with it. And uh, my husband's not, it's not, it's not working. It's not going, it's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. So having to manage through that was a struggle. And then he, uh, he left and we were separated for two and a half years last year. And we uh, filed some, I said, well, if you're going to be gone, then I respect your decision. And okay, so let's get the divorce uh, started. So we started that and then we ended up getting back together and it was amazing. And, uh, and then a few months ago, he did a 180 and decided that wasn't what he wanted. So it's been a, it's been quite a journey and, and, um, emotional roller coaster for me. And in the process, my dad passed away two years ago, suddenly, um, got a call one morning from my mom and he was doing great the day before. And then all of a sudden he was gone. Like it's shock. It was shock. And, and, um, and then my mother passed away at the end of June. In the matter of two months over this past summer, my mother passed away. My husband decided to leave and I ended up going and moving out and having to find a new home. So it was, it was all within a two month period of time. Oh my gosh. So how did you get through that? And how did you keep showing up in your business despite that craziness? Yeah, well, one of the things is, is um, I believe that we are holistic people that we, we can't separate the two, as I was saying. That being said, I do compartmentalize my, my day. And I compartmentalize in the sense of there's a, um, there's a time period that I'll allow myself to be focusing on those things and having to deal with those things. I've got, I'm the executor to my mother's estate. I've got all these other things going on. There are times when I need to deal with that. And then there are times where I'm working with clients and I need, and I need to, or, and or podcasting or whatever. And I'm, and I think one of the things that's helped me to do that, uh, to do it effectively is to be fully present where I am in this, in that moment. So when I'm podcasting, I'm podcasting, I'm fully present with the person I'm interviewing. When I'm coaching, I'm fully present with the person that I'm coaching and working with. When I'm with you, I'm fully present here with you. I'm not thinking about all the other things. And as soon as, of course, I say that, then I start thinking about all those other things, right? <laughs> but, but the point is, is like, I'm here with you. And that's, that's really developing the ability to control our, our thoughts. I think that most of us are unaware of the fact that we can actually decide what thoughts we entertain at any given moment. When I found that out, it was like a huge aha for me. I mean, it sounds obvious. It's like nowadays we talk about mindset and so forth, but most people understand it conceptually, but don't practice it. My experience. And I didn't at one point myself either. So I realized at one point that my thoughts, I was allowing them to come in at any given moment and they were controlling me. They were guiding my focus and that was not working for me. And so I needed to choose and saying, no, you know what? That is not a thought that I'm going to entertain right now. Sorry, not the time and place for it. Um, and I think that also comes with having a coach and doing the processing that's needed. One of my uh, coaches and mentors actually made a great statement once, which I, I've always remembered. He said, if your story, for those coaches that are listening out there, if your quote unquote story 
and your experience is coming out in your coaching, you need clearing. You need to go and get some coaching and get that stuff dealt with so that you can be fully present with your coaching client because you're there for them. Yeah, because then otherwise it turns into a therapy session for you and the person's like, uh, I paid you to work on my business, not to hear about your stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and even if you don't express it, I would assert that even if you don't express it, but if you're thinking about it, all that stuff is running in your head, then you need to go and work with somebody separately to be able to get it to the point. Now, life is always going to come at you. I mean, there's always going to be things that are going to happen. Like I, I couldn't have predicted these things were out of my control. Those are decisions that my, uh, that's a decision that my husband made. My mother certainly didn't make that decision. And she, when she passed away suddenly one day and that these things happen, but it's like that cliche, you know, it's not what happens to you. It's how you handle it. It, it, it really is getting to the point where you can, and I've had to get to this point with myself and, and know when I'm not there to be aware that saying, you know, I actually need some help. I need to go get that inner healing. I need to go and get some support before I can be ready to be in front of a client. And I actually, I rescheduled my podcast interviews that I had all, I had a whole bunch of them loaded up for September. I, I canceled them. I rescheduled them. I'm doing some of them now and, and, and it'll take another few months to do it, but I'm spreading them out a little bit. But I knew that I was not going to be able to be fully present with them in that moment. And so I had to prioritize and saying, I have a certain amount of bandwidth. Where does that bandwidth need to go right now? Well, that bandwidth needs to go into my own personal inner healing, but also and and logistics of adjusting, making adjustments in my life, but also into my clients. And so I had enough interviews already in, you know, that are pre-recorded. So I could I could make my way through September and it was fine. And, but I had to prioritize, you know, uh, the things that needed to happen. And, and I think that sometimes we don't allow ourselves the permission. I had a lot of people that said to me, you know what, be strong, just power through, you got this. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that, you know, encouragement and, you know, and cheerleading and so forth. There was a season for that. And there's, and, and there, there's also a season for recognizing that, you need some support or you need to rest and you need to do some inner work. And I think it's being aware of, of that. I don't know. I'm just rambling on, but hopefully. No, that, no, no. That's uh, all great. Like so true because we as women, especially do not give ourselves permission very often to just be, give ourselves rest or nourishment or time with our thoughts. We're in just such a hurry to get stuff done, to power through, to get everything off our to-do list that when shit hits the fan, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to deal with it other than stress, 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 stress. Or it shows up physically. Oh, yeah. You're getting sick. Yeah. Your yeah. body will tell you. So I am yeah. all about women, especially taking time for ourselves. And I know the term self-care is so cliche now. Everyone's like, oh, self-care. Like, doing a face mask, self-care. But you know what? There is beauty in a face mask. There's beauty in just reading a book and turning off your device or letting yourself kick all your appointments and just sleep. Like, just do what you need to do to take care of yourself because if you don't, you're going to break down eventually. Absolutely. And we're talking about having soul in your business, right? I mean, that's what you're, yeah. you're talking about. People that 
are doing what they love. I've had clients, you know, they say to me, like, I'm, I'm so dispassionate about what I do. Like I, I, I don't have the joy that I used to have for it. Sometimes that's because they're not doing something that they love and it's time to move on. Like we were talking about earlier, it's time, maybe there's not the mental stimulation of learning or it's just time to move on and do something else. There's also a situation where if you are mentally, emotionally fatigued, you are going to, it's like you don't make major decisions when you're tired and hungry. Not a good idea, right? Because you're not mentally in the right frame of mind to make quality decisions in that moment. And it's the same thing here. It's like if you deplete yourself, you're not going to have it to give the passion. You're not going to have that to put it, pour into your business. And so this is where discernment comes in and experience comes in as me as a coach, because some people come to me and say, I think I need to do something different. And to know when it's time for them to do something different and to, and to support them through that process, to consider and have them consider whether or not it's just that they need rest and that they actually need that self-care so that they can be replenished. And then they have a revitalized enthusiasm about the business, the existing business that they have. That's also when you're going to get the most creative ideas. I'm a big believer in taking a day off, a day where call it the Sabbath day, you know, whatever, but it's at least one day a week. I would say even more than that, but at the very, very least you take one day a week and you do absolutely no work. It's tough to sometimes do that in this day and age. Yeah. People want to do meetings. I had somebody just today who said, oh, I'm actually available on Sunday to do a podcast. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not. So, you know, <laughs> and I have to say no to that, you know, even though that would be convenient. And actually I do have the time to do it on Sunday. But if I do that and it creeps, right? It's just, it's like all of a sudden my Sundays are full of work and then I never get a break. And what I find is when I take that time, we're talking about presence how can you be present? How can you be most effective is, and even discernment, how do you, how do you develop that? It's when you have the space uh, to empty your mind, still your mind, be quiet. And you can then listen. And all of a sudden, like these creative ideas, why is it that we get creative ideas in the shower? Well, because we're not doing anything else, yep. right? Or when you go for a walk in nature and all of a sudden the ideas start flowing and you know, or driving. Some people it's when you're driving and you're driving a long distance and it's just all of a sudden the ideas start to flow. I'm like that. Right. Yeah. Why? Yeah, the best ideas in the shower or at a walk or yeah, because otherwise sometimes when I take a break on the weekends or whatever, I'm still not emptying my mind. I'm playing on my phone or I'm watching T V or I'm, you know, hanging out with friends. It's not I'm still doing things. But when you're just somewhere not doing something, the ideas just come out of nowhere, it feels like. Yeah, and, and I think it's important. So one day a week. And then also every day, have those gaps in your in your schedule. And I am the first one to, to admit that I did not always have those gaps in my schedule. I mean, I've worked 120 hours a week consecutively before um, when I was in my 20s and thought I was invincible. And until my body told me you're not, <laughs> you know, it, it um, I, I just, I was just like, I was loving what I was doing. 
you know? And so I didn't, I didn't think about it until much later when I calculated how many hours I was spending. I realized I was working 120 hours a week, technically on some work related activity. And so, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to say like, I'm big on productivity and getting results and all that kind of stuff. But what I realized is that the way that I get the results and the best results and enjoy the results when I get them is when I have that space and time. So gratitude, I know we talk, everybody's talking about gratitude these days, (laughs) gratitude in the morning, presencing myself. And it's not all these things, even self-care. The key is, is that some people make it a ritual. I made it a ritual at one point where it's like, oh, I've got to do my gratitude. Okay. Check, check that off the list. No, that's not the idea. It doesn't work when you do it that way, right? It's really about the being. It's about how you're actually, you're choosing, coming back to this having to or choosing to or getting to. It's choosing to do it and being fully present. And so when you do the gratitude, it's like waking up in the morning, even if you just, you're just laying in bed and you're like, thank you for this day. Thank you for my health. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for if there's somebody laying beside you that you're happy is there, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. Right. And just even thank you, even if you're not and you know, and just thank you for the quiet in the space and the opportunity another day and presencing. I think that presence right now is, is becoming like a lost art for many people because we're on our phones and then we go from our phones to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. And then we wonder why we don't sleep and we don't, we don't have creative ideas and we're burned out and irritable with people. Well, because we've never had, we don't, we're, there's no margin yeah. there's no, and there's no pre, like presence of even just being in the moment and experiencing it right here, right now, not planning for the future or, you know, reading the past. Yeah. That is so hard, though, you know, like, just to be here and be now, and I need to make X amount of money this month, and I need to talk to this person, I need to go do this, like, that is so hard to do. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's encouraged, like, the media right now, this is, if you notice, that's like, there's, all of that has this scarce energy to, like, it's a scarcity, fear-based energy to it, and then there's the other side, which is abundance. Um, and so fear and love cannot coexist at the same moment in time. So fear is scarcity. Love is that, is abundance, right? Mm -hmm. Scarcity and abundance. Meet the media advertising is all about, you know, if you're going to, you don't buy this product, you're going to miss out. If you don't do this next program, this next course, this is the thing, you know, without this. And I hear that so often people say, well, should I take this course? I I feel like I, I, I need to do this because you know, it's going to be the thing that's going to, and it's coming from that scarce place. And, and uh, we limit our effectiveness when we're doing that. And the experience of abundance eludes us. Even when there is incredible abundance all around us, we won't be able to see it because we're focused on the scarcity of time, scarcity of money, scarcity of energy, resources, There's not enough clients out there Uh, for me. Like, am I going to be able to do this? Doubt, fears, all this, this uh, scarcity. And it is hard. And it is hard because the world is, you know, is putting that on us, right? It's feeding that to us because by nature we have this fear-based mentality, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes 
intention and it takes presence. It takes an intention to say, no, you know what? It's like that, those thoughts, it's like saying, you know what? I'm choosing not to have that thought and I get to choose that. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I don't have to have that thought. I choose. Yeah. And I choose and I choose it. That thought is not working for me because if it lowers my vibrational energy, if I lower, I don't want to get too woo woo, but you know, if no, it does, we, we, we are woo woo here. Okay. <laughs> well, so, you know, everything is energy, right? And everything operates, there's a different frequency vibration to everything. And so, you know, if you notice a thought coming in and it's lowering your vibration, then you ask yourself, okay, is that what I'm choosing right now? I, I don't, is that going to work for me? Is that going to support me in what I'm looking to create today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can just discard it and say no, and not just discard it. The key is with negative thoughts, you can't just discard them and put them out, cast them out. You've got to replace it with something else. Yeah. And I find sometimes when I'm doing like mindset journaling, for a while, it's like you said, it was a habit. Like, I was like, okay, I do my gratitude, I do my intention, and I da, 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 da. And I was like, it's not doing anything. And it's because I wasn't really feeling those things and being really grateful and setting those intentions and casting aside those negative thoughts. I was just writing them down and it's been going about my day without actually putting that emotion behind it. Yeah, well, and I think that most of us, uh, without training, without having coaching uh, in this area, we go through our day on autopilot. We go through and we're, we're just, there's a great book out there, controversial perhaps, but it's a really good book, I think, uh, Napoleon Hill. And um, most people are familiar with Think and Grow Rich, his book, Maybe the Laws of Success, both amazing books. This book is called Outwitting the Devil. And his wife, had begged him not to publish this book. So this book took 75 years after it was, it was 75 years later when it was actually published and a few years back. And after he passed away and she passed away, I guess, and the kids allowed it. This book talks about, it's like a fictional um, conversation that he's interviewed that he's having with the devil. And he's asking the devil, he's saying, okay, like, you know, tell me your ways, tell me your strategies that you use. Whether you believe this isn't about Christianity, it has nothing to do with that. It's just this concept that he had going on and it's very effective. So in that, uh, what came out is that there are drifters. There are people that don't realize that they can control their thoughts. And as a result, if they don't believe that they can control their thoughts, any thought can come in and you can in- insert any thought into their mind. And they're, they're a prisoner or a puppet in the sense that's what he's talking about. And some people may listen to that and say, wow, I don't appreciate that, you know, but think about it. Sometimes, don't you feel like sometimes, like, if you're not controlling your thoughts, you feel like somebody's yanking your chain all the time? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it feels like you're a prisoner of your circumstances. Life is happening to you uh-huh. versus you happening to life, right? Uh-huh. And, and so, or into choosing your life. And so I think we can all relate to that at some level and saying, oh my gosh, you know, and so it's, it's really coming back to that idea of not being on autopilot. Oh my gosh, I've noticed myself being in autopilot is great for certain things, for certain habits that we have that, you know, we don't have to think about breathing all the time unless you um, have trouble breathing, then you'll think about it. Or like me, I just had, I'm just getting off uh, over a cold and flu. Then you notice you're breathing at night 
whether or not you can or not, right? But because it's something that becomes this precious resource all of a sudden. But otherwise, we just take it for granted and it's on autopilot. We don't think about digesting our food. Our food just gets digested. Awesome. When it comes to other areas in our life, those functions are designed to be on autopilot so that we can focus on the areas of our life that are the, 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 where our creativity comes out. Cre- creation, literally creating things, creating our life, creating our thoughts, choosing our thoughts, creating relationships, um, all of that. And I think that's where uh, our time needs to be spent. But with so much social media and so much information being uh, uh, thrown at us all the time is uh, that becomes much harder to do. So I encourage people to, um, to turn off their phone, to turn off those notifications. I just noticed on my phone, this is crazy. I went in there and, you know, I was looking at Twitter, for example, because I got my phone, my phone's all of a sudden dinging a lot. And I'm like, what's going on? So I go in there to the app section and it shows the notifications. And do you know that Twitter thinks that news feeds and new followers and all that is it's actually considered urgent or it's considered important so there's important medium and low so it's got all of it set at important so they all ding and i'm like i'm i'm sorry i i I know you think your app is awesome and everything and it's great but uh on the level of like importance is it urgent or really high importance no yeah I, I actually have turned off most notifications, including email, because I yeah. felt like I constantly had to reply to clients, no matter what time I checked my email, because it was urgent, urgent, urgent. And I, I end up every night, I turn, I completely power off my phone at like eight or nine o'clock and then don't check it until eight or 9 a.m. the next day. Because oh, good for you. That gives me time to read, to watch TV, to spend time with my husband, to play with my dog, take a bath, whatever. It gives me time to just be. Yeah, that's easier said than done. Because sometimes I'll turn it back on to look something up or whatever. But I try to stick to that because it really helps me be more present, like you said. Oh, yeah. And even just silencing it. You know, like some people go, yeah, but what if somebody calls that it is an important call? Well, you know what? You can silence it and put on uh, certain notifications for key people in your life, like mm-hmm. your husband or your children, or like in my case, my brother. Like if my brother's calling me at 2 a.m., I want to know, right? Because yeah. there's something going on. I can do that, but it's all this other stuff. And, and it's funny because often if you don't, intentionally create your agenda our agenda and this is you me all of us if we don't create our own agenda somebody else will try to fit us into theirs all due respect to twitter and facebook and every other app that i have on my phone that thinks theirs is the most amazing awesome app ever and that it's really important and of course they want the engagement so that's why everything's high importance as well that is not highest priority in my life and so we get to make those choices. I actually just interviewed somebody. It's going to be coming out shortly. Chris Bailey wrote a book called Hyperfocus. And he said, it's really about attention. He took the Facebook app off his phone. And then he ended up, because he said, I realized I was sitting there with my wife at dinner and I was looking at my phone on Facebook. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then he said, then I took it off my desktop and just actually got off Facebook. Now his book is written, uh, his publisher is Penguin House. So it's a well-known, he's got a huge following. It's an amazing book. 
And, but one of the things he's just, he just talks about like making choices about your time and enjoying the moment right now. I mean, he, he's a guy, he knits, he's like, Oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing. I love it. I heard about, you know, I heard about, I forget who it was. It was like, they were teaching prisoners to knit or something. I don't know. He had heard it somewhere and he was like, no way. And uh, veterans, I think also veterans with PTSD or something. I can't remember exactly, but he was saying how they, they were, um, they were teaching them how to knit and it's like very rhythmic, you know, and relaxing. And so he took it up. And so you know, for your listeners to like, I know we've talked about a lot of things, but I, I would encourage, I would encourage shifting the get the have tos to get tos and even better yet to choose to, I choose to turn your obligations into opportunities, be more present, take the time. You only have one life in my opinion. I, I don't know. People say you have other lives. Okay, great. But I, I don't remember those and I'm here right now. You'll never be right here, right? We will never be right here, right now in this moment ever again. Yeah. So let's make the most of this particular moment. And as I said, I'm, I'm big on getting results. You want to get better results in your business. You want to be more successful. Take that time to create space and margin. And the entrepreneurial time system is not the same as the employee mindset as time system. Employees are paid nine to five, eight to six, whatever it is, but they're paid based on the amount of time they put into something. Entrepreneurs are paid based on results. And if you can get those results in less time, that just allows you to have more freedom for relationships and other projects or moving your business forward faster. Great. It gives you more options, but in order to create that, be able to do more in less time, you've got to be uh, hyper-focused and to use Chris's term of his book in the title of his book to be focused in those moments. And the only way that you can be truly focused in the moment is um, and be effective in that moment as best possible is to be present and to have the space where you're not being crowded by all of this noise and stress and thoughts and information coming at you. That's amazing. And I feel like that's a great place to end because that's exactly how I would want to wrap it up. I feel like you kind of tied it with a nice little bow. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you to work with you, how can they find you online? Sure. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And if anybody wants to unpack it a little further in terms of a conversation, how does this apply to you or how can you actually do that? I hear a lot of times people say, yeah, but you don't understand my situation. I've worked with thousands of clients over the years. I've done a lot of one-on-one coaching, a lot of training and working also in groups. And I, I assure you, none of this is theory. This is all based on experience. And I'd love to have that conversation. So discovertheedge.com is my website for the coaching and coaching, speaking, and training. And you can reach me there. And also, uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, I've had some amazing guests on there talking about leadership and transformation and um, uh, had some really cool conversations. You can find me there uh, or find that at leadersoftransformation.com. I'm all over social media. Uh, so either through Discover the Edge or Leaders of Transformation or personally at Nicole Jansen, Inc., uh, you can find me. And I'm very accessible. My, um, I'll give you my email. It's njansen at discovertheedge.com. And uh, you can reach me by email. And I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. 
Well, I hope you guys reach out to Nicole because she is just full of information and great insights that I think you guys will enjoy talking to her further. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.